Today's guest is the number one watch dealer on the planet. He's sold to the likes of Donald Trump and Drake, and he's traveled over 2,000 miles to be with us today. It's, of course, Neil from Timepiece Trading. We work with Drake. We work with 6ix9ine. We work with Steve Will Do It. We work with NBA Youngboy. Most expensive watch, I think $2 million. Let's trade watches for the duration of the podcast. <laughs> and maybe Mark will like it so much, he'll call me. For I need to buy a Rolex. I reckon we get off this pod and I grab a Batman. I'll hook you up. I want to get in as well. If, if you're getting a good deal, I'll get in. I always said, there's a lot of millionaires. I want to be a billionaire. I plan to get there by 35. I'm going to make it happen. So how about last night then, lads? Rather than going down the strip in Vegas, we decided to go downtown and uh, go to Fremont Street. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. It had that kind of um, moving ceiling. It was like a space theme at one point. And yeah, even you were impressed. You're hardly impressed. impressed when we I was very impressed. I wish places. we did that zip line though. Yeah, zip line mm. all the way through the shopping complex, past all the casinos. It was very good. And but crazy people there as well, how, how about me and you rolling deep though in the casino? And I'll tell you what, you had a bloody nice view didn't you i think you had a better <laughs> view actually but the bank roll just got fatter and, and fatter. fatter we were like uh, we were like printing money but, but, we? when but you the, when you split them aces oh beautiful double black the difference bang, bang, the difference bang, bang, between bang. those like casinos and the ones on the main strip night and day night and day i mean Absolutely the only difference day. i saw was that when we went to the other casino you actually managed to make a bit of money but last night was not Good for you, bro. You didn't, right, you I don't, didn't I don't think we should. We shouldn't <laughs> you, talk about that. You didn't invest well, <laughs> did you? No, I, I think I must have lost about four hundred dollars. It wasn't great. So let's uh, change the subject to move on to you at Louis Vuitton because all yeah. you do is window shop. That's what, not true at what all. What is that all about? I don't know anyone on this earth that can spend so much time in a shop looking at stuff, trying stuff on. I mean, that Louis Vuitton shop actually became a secondhand thrift store by the time he'd mm. worn everything. Listen, I am the opposite of a window shopper. I oh, go, are I, these sunglasses too big I, for I, me? I go, in there, I go in there, cash in hand, ready to deploy. But I'm not going to buy something I don't want. So Do these I'm... glasses make my head look too small? No, <laughs> okay. Kai, your head's okay, too small. Here's what's funny. But, yeah. Kai, they were entry level glasses. You I, should have got them. I put them sunglasses on and I said, I posed the question, do you think these sunglasses are too big for my head? Were they too big for my head? Yes or no? No, you, I don't you, think so. No. Well, you have got a particularly small head. They were they were <laughs> too big for my head. So obviously I did. I'm not going to spend 400 pounds on sunglasses. And well, I, I thought think. you were a baller. Not if they don't fit, <laughs> not that much of a But then eventually finger. I had to pull you out the store because we were invited to a Influencer Taco Tuesday. And that was great fun, wasn't it? We yeah. met some really influential people and uh, it's all about contacts in some this game, really isn't it? Some really influential people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, were, they were influential. There was, yeah. a, there was a couple of cool people there yeah. and we're hoping to get them on the podcast in the future. We won't say who. And it's all about contacts in any game, any business. Meet people, get to know them get to like them. They're your friends. You're going to do business in the future. 100%. And contacts is actually how today's guest built his business, isn't it? Certainly is. Today's guest is the number one watch dealer on the planet. He's sold to the likes of Donald Trump and Drake, and he's traveled over 2,000 miles to be with us today. It's, of course, Neil from Timepiece Trading. Welcome to the podcast, bro. We're switching up the vibe for this one. Couple happy dads because Timepiece Trading's here. So Kyle, yeah. Steve will do it. If you want to come on, hit me up ASAP. Quick shout out. Happy dad. Best seltzer in the world. Yeah, for sure. Well, Un unpaid promotion. Hook yeah. us up with a brand deal. Unsponsored. If it, if it gets <laughs> us a guest though. Yeah, yeah, if, that, that if, makes sense. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy this. And if I do, I'll speak very highly to Steve and Kyle. We need the UK deal. <laughs> yeah, oh, he was talking about that. So Neil, let's start off with a hard one. Why uh -huh. should people listen to you in the watch world? I have years of experience in the watch world. Um, 
I myself have owned the business now for four and a half years. It doesn't sound like too long, but the amount of time I've put into it in four and a half years, like the first two years, especially, it was literally like I'd wake up. I, I stopped going to the gym at this point. I would wake up, be on my laptop all day trading watches like people trade stocks or currencies. And I just think I know the prices and the market inside out because I spend so much time in it. Beyond that, my family has been in the watch and jewelry industry for 35 years now. So like I grew up like day one around, know, around sparkly it. things. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> around sparkly things and beautiful timepieces. So yeah, I've always loved it and always, you know, grew up with like getting knowledge about it. So and how much would you say your best customer has spent with you over those years? Maybe I'd say close maybe twenty million dollars. Wow. Top twenty client. million. Yeah. Wow. Were you always interested in like jewelry and watches when you were growing up? Just because I was surrounded by dad and his industry, which is radio controlled models, and I because I was around it so much, I actually wasn't interested in it. So right. I went the complete other way. I think because watches and and like cars too, it's like men have very few things they can enjoy. Ladies mm. can go out and buy handbags, you know, jewelry, whatever. Now men wear jewelry too, actually, but. Mm it's like being one of the few passions for me it was always a passion to answer your question like watches and cars i grew up loving them and uh, yeah now i'm actually in both industries i just opened up a car shop too like, oh that's uh, good yeah tell us a bit about the car shop then i didn't know too much about that so i'm not selling vehicles yet but that's on its way like i have the license coming so i can announce it openly now and um for, but for right now we're just customizing vehicles so if you want a chrome delete you want to throw starlights in the car you want to throw a body kit on there exhaust stuff like that we could customize the car like whatever your wildest That's ideas sick. are we bring it to life are you specializing in like high-end cars or is it like anything well we do any car bro like if you wanted to do a toyota or a honda whatever it may be we could do it but just being my clientele from timepiece trading is the clientele that's at tpt forums now it's mostly like lamborghinis uh ferraris like high-end cars yeah, yeah it's all exotic stuff yeah it makes sense yeah. bro so you're looking to get into selling those as well yes so I mean, I, I love the fact that as a watch dealer and having so many exotic timepieces and growing up loving timepieces, we do pre-owned and brand new. And I have the blessing that like whenever we get a watch in that's pre-owned, you know, if it's got scratches on it and it's not in perfect condition, I have the ability to just wear it whenever I want until it sells. And it's so amazing because it's like, yeah, I have my personal watch collection and I think it's stupid that I do. Because I literally could wear one of 200 pre-owned watches every day. And like the watches we sell and stock are the watches that I really love. It's it's mostly like hype stuff. Like kind of like, you know, how there's hype shoes or hype uh, cars. It's the stuff that everyone wants. But you, you have to wait two years to get it straight from the brand. You know, mm, That yeah. sounds like a perfect lead into the car market. Because you can actually have your own garage full of the cars you like. And they're always available for sale. And I think that's... That's a retailer, isn't it? Everything's yes. for sale at the right price. Exactly. And just the fact that I get to enjoy my passion while making money off it, it's it's crazy. You know, like to me, it's not work. Like I wake up, I do what I love and like it's producing amazing for me. So. Do you think people should buy watches as an investment? I think you can buy watches in, as an investment, just like you can buy stocks as an investment. But like it's better to buy what you really like. And whatever happens, you should believe in the market on what you're buying, you know, because watches are a pretty solid asset today. Like in any major city, including England, this watch, the watch you're wearing, a Submariner, you know, what is that? A, a Pe Pepsi. Pepsi yeah. yeah. So you could sell that in 20 minutes in London, you know, mm -hmm. and you'll get close to what you see online. So it's, it's super liquid. It's to me more liquid than a house today, more liquid than a car. 
And, and the price gap is, it's very tough to get smoked on a watch like you would on jewelry, like with your investment, because the prices are so transparent. Prices online are higher than what they actually trade for B2B. And I'm in like 500 dealer to dealer group chats with 300 members in each. So I have access to like 15,000 timepiece tradings just on a smaller or bigger scale. And like, I could see the real value, but like what you guys see online is pretty close to what the real value is. So it's, it's hard to lose a lot on a watch, you know? Mm. So what's the, um, the best kind of watch to buy for an investment purpose? Because like, I mean, these ones, they won't really go up in value, but they're more hold their value, I guess. The thing is the last six months, yeah. last six to eight months, we're at an all time low for the last three years for watches, which is, it sucks. It's a bad time. Yeah, but, but they had a super high peak. Super high. They, so. Yeah. Like the MSRP on a Pepsi is like $12,000 with tax all in. And these watches were trading for $30,000. This watch on my wrist, it's an AP Skeleton stainless steel. The retail is like $60,000 plus tax. These were trading for $250, oh. 4X retail. Today, they're like $125. Honestly, to me, I do not see these watches going further down. I could be wrong. This is just my opinion. You know, I'm not telling you to go invest all your money in watches today. But myself, personally, I have been. And a lot of my big clients, they're using this dip as a time to buy in, you know, whatever they've wanted. So how long do you think until it gets back to the stage during, like, during the bubble that we the saw? The way I look at it, like, stocks are down, crypto's mm -hmm. down, you know. So watches is just following the trend of what's happening in the world. Except stocks and crypto, it, to me, it's, it's so unlimited. Like, you could just buy. You just click a button and you buy. A watch, it's like... You want this? If you go to the Audemars Piguet store, they're telling you to wait three years and like, excuse my French, like suck their dick. You know, like you really got to like, they got to love you to get an allocation for something you want. Like, otherwise you come to timepiece trading, you get it within 24 hours. I sell it to you below the market prices you see online and you, you pray that the market goes up. But at the end of the day, you were buying a watch you love. Mm, you at know? the end of the day, you've got a tangible product, haven't you? It's something you've got, you can hold, you can see it. Yeah. You can get value from it just from wearing it. Putting your trust in someone is the hardest thing to do. And it's especially hard as an entrepreneur. Now, I'm not old and grey, so I don't actually have anything to add here. So Why are you looking you at me then? Story, Mark? <laughs> you're, no. the, you're the naive little boy that you're yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> I am indeed. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Trust is so important in business. But sometimes you can trust one single person a little bit too much, as I did when I was younger. And I gave him all the information about the business I wanted to open and he stole those ideas and did it all himself what you really need and what I really needed was a community of people that I could share my ideas with just little snippets of ideas then no single person had the whole picture it's funny that you say that Mark because we've actually got a group of like-minded entrepreneurs ready to join haven't we yeah it's like 20,000 people enough to share you know your what? ideas with 20,000 wow. people to discuss business with is absolutely fantastic I wish I'd had that yeah so if you guys want to join that exclusive community it's completely free so make sure to hit that link in the description below you can go over and get talking to people right away anyway back to the podcast what's the most unique watch you've sold i mean something crazy we sold today this morning while i was at the gym uh a richard mill pocket watch tourbillon oh it sold yeah you saw it right i'm gonna ask you about that later <laughs> yeah well actually i'll ask you about it now it, obviously there is a market for it because you've sold it yes um but i always thought with pocket watches there were so many out there already as sort of antique watches there was enough of that collector base of pocket watches anyway and there wouldn't be a market but what, what do you feel about that I, I'm shocked we sold it, but I have the best sales team in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Like the the our revenue, if I tell you the figures, like year one to year two we tripled, year two to year three we tripled. Like it's been amazing. God God 
God bless um Who bought the pocket watch? Yeah, like what type of person? It's got to be a rapper or something like that. I, I would assume. Got, it does surprise me that sold. someone would buy it. Yeah, I I, I I couldn't think of myself just going into my pocket and getting a watch up. It was a quarter million dollars. It's more like a hanging piece, though, isn't it? You, yeah, it's a you won't want to hide it. Yeah, You'd to be fair, it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, so it's, it's a flex know. piece. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, so we're we gonna get a name then. Is it's like a big. It looks like a big padlock, doesn't it? It's so. We big. sold it to a, a a fellow named Alex. I'm not gonna drop a last oh, okay, name. Yeah, yeah, and it sold for a quarter million dollars. Wow, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm shocked myself because to be honest, we took this piece in on consignment. I would not stock a quarter million dollar pocket watch. You know, mm. I didn't think we have the clientele for it, but apparently we do. Well, That's talking great. of um, vintage pocket watches as well, would you actually trade in those or no. is that not something you'd even look at? But if I have a client for it, like if a client reaches out to me, says, Neil, I want this pocket watch and it's it's over like a thousand bucks and it's worth my time, then I will find it and I'll yeah. make it happen. But I wouldn't stock them. I was going to say there is some big value in some of those old first edition pocket watches. You know, that's the reason for I sure. asked. Yeah, I, I just don't know it well enough to mm. be honest with you, but like so what i was saying is we stock the hot stuff like the pepsi the submariner stuff everyone in the world wants just because i'm sure we'll sell it you know as long as the price is right it sells what kind of margin do you make on those consignment pieces on that watch we we made uh, well on cons on most pieces in general we make like eight percent before expenses so okay. yeah it's Fair a very right. small margin for mm. the numbers i'm dealing with and the risk we deal with mm. But like we've we've mastered it and we do pretty good stuff. I am locking in a watch after this pod because I just feel like a brokey right now. Like I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm not sitting here with no watch any longer. <laughs> but, no, but you were saying before that your entry level to a watch is probably like a Pepsi level yeah. into the Rolex yeah. Um, market. Yeah, because I, I got a lot of shit for this. Um, that I said that uh, a Batman was an entry level watch and a lot of people didn't agree with me. But I think that Casio tells the time, Rolex tells the time. Why do you buy a Rolex? Because you want to look good, you know? Like you don't yeah. buy it because it's the, the timepiece or whatever it's it's different i mean rolex you're you're buying the brand you know just like yeah. you could buy a toyota or you could buy a mercedes it's, get from a it's like B. what tate said on the pod he said i don't wear a diamond protector tell the time he says i wear it because i'm fucking loaded <laughs> and i mean i'm not i'm not <laughs> Every, i'm not i'm not loaded reason. yet but i mean i'm not wearing no bummy watch i'm sure there's going to be viewers who agree with what you're saying they just wear it for a flex you know because it's it's a sick watch and it brings status to you mm. A lot of people, though, they love what's inside the watch. I, to be fair, not. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I come from a council estate and I just have never looked at a watch in the way of like the the, the movements and stuff like that. It's always just been that well. sick, you know? Like, it, it's it's beautiful to look at. But, a skeleton. But the thing yeah. is, I, I completely agree with this, that it's absolutely beautiful to look at. But when you we'll wear put a this, screenshot on the screen when for you, you guys. When you wear this, though, people think you're a don. Like, I see you wearing this and I think that's a sick watch. Ma and I, I think Mark needs one. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. He's falling in love. You can't, you can't let the kids one up you when younger, bro. So could you explain this watch maybe in a bit of detail while we have a look at it? Well, we all know yeah, that's so a Royal Oak. That's a Royal Oak. It's a skeleton. Correct. And that's as far as my knowledge goes. I was going to say, let the watch expert explain I know. Yeah, I was no, gonna, I'm, I'm just guessing. Oh, no, no, I'm just trying to guess. Uh, I, I think it's about 65, 70K. Stainless well, he just steel. said it was 100 and something. Don't insult me like He said that, it was 120 okay, or something. I'm just guessing. I, I didn't hear that. Uh, stainless steel. Stainless steel, correct. Yeah, and a it's beautiful looking piece. It's crazy yeah. that a stainless steel can be worth so much, you know. It's Tell crazy. me all the rest on that. Uh, you basically said everything. It's a 41 millimeter Royal Oak. They actually call it, AP calls it the open worked double balance. They don't call it the skeleton, but the, the name that everyone says is skeleton. These, they produce very few a year. Um, and yeah, it's just supply is way lower than demand. So these mm -hmm. are trading at double MSRP. 
They're around one hundred and thirty thousand dollars today. One twenty to one thirty. So, do you wear that for the movement, or do you wear it because people think that you look like a don when you wear it, and this, the way it makes you feel? This is my, I have two favorite watches. I named my company after one of the watches, the Nadal. It's made of TPT. It's like Richard Mille's patented forged carbon. So I, I was thinking, like, what can I name around TPT? And I came up with time, timepiece trading. Oh wow! This watch, I actually have it tattooed right, like the dial is tattooed in my logo here. Like, oh, it's really? Truly, my favorite watch. Like, I grew up saying like i hope i can own one one day so was that painful when you got a tattoo on your, your on hand? the Hell back yeah. of your oh, hand yeah. yeah super painful but to me every second of the pain i was like this is my company this got me everything i have today yeah and, and like i don't care I'm a well I, I haven't got any tats um but if i did that's a sick tat i think mark <laughs> needs a face tat i don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think i'll get away with that would i um but i did notice in the video where you showed having that tattoo i noticed all the cuts not showing you in pain and i thought that guy's in pain yeah I, I did one more video with tattoos and 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 we showed my pain that time <laughs> the first one i was like guys cut that out you can't show that i'm yeah. crying like a baby <laughs> so what's the most expensive watch you've ever sold the most expensive watch i think two million dollars i know i know we've sold a watch for two million i don't know if there was anything more expensive it was a richard meal skull turbine oh, okay yeah. nice. have you ever had an experience where you've had a huge deal lined up and i mean you've worked on this like billio got in the watches it's the biggest deal ever only for the client to go nah plenty of times really plenty of Do you times tell us about yeah. that that's mean, got to be deflating it happens it? weekly with the amount of do deals we're doing mark like we do i'd say minimum 20 deals a week different watches the average watch is seven seventy thousand dollars and a lot of times customers will, you know, tell you they want it. And I have it sitting in the safe for three, four weeks at some times. And if the market's going down like it has been over the last six months, like I'm paying for them, for, you know, to park the watch there. And like I'm losing thousands a day sometimes, but it's part of the business. You know, I make so much and like there's going to be losses. It's trading at the end of the day for me. I'm not buying these as investments. And mm. yeah. How does it make you feel when it happened? Because I suppose it's the same as like when we're supposed to do a podcast and someone doesn't turn up. Mm. Um, we haven't had that many times. Unfortunately, someone the other day was they had a, an emergency before a podcast, so they couldn't show, which is completely and understandable. You guys came all the way down. But from but London. we we yeah. um we had booked like a proper location for it. It was you know quite a few uh, hundred you should, dollars. You should block them on Instagram. He crashed his car, so it's completely oh, fine. Yeah, so yeah. we're all cool with it. It's rescheduled, yeah. whatever, and we managed to get someone in, and it all worked out cool. But just yeah. at that split moment when you get the news, it's like, oh, that is gutting you know when you put yeah. all that work in so how does it make you feel me i deal with it in a very very uh like clear-minded manner i i don't let it piss me off i don't curse at the person i don't and this is where some of my team downfalls you know when they work forever on a deal and it falls through they lose it you know and like I, i'll go up to them just to talk to them and they'll be like neil give me a break like they'll flip at me and i'm like yo you need to go home now like clear your mind bro come back to work like at the end of the day, this is business. We're still going to sell the watch. Forget that client. You know, he's probably going to come back in the future for whatever else. Be nice. So you don't block them? No, no, no I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, like, I'm always nice unless, like, you know, there's a lot of money lost, like, has happened mm -hmm. in the past. Then I'm, I'm still nice. Like, I end the situation nice. I tell them what they did was wrong, you know, and mm -hmm. if they do it again, I'll cut them off from my clientele. And, but, mm -hmm. but I really try to keep everyone happy for life. Because yeah. I, I want them to send their friends, family, whoever they know, you know. True professional. What percentage yeah. of your stock do you have on consignment and what percentage do you own as a business? I'd say 15% on consignment. 
Okay, that's yeah. a good model, consignment. I mean, we use it within our industry because basically I haven't got to pay for the stock. It can sell when it sells and yeah. I make my cut and it's, yeah. it's a beautiful business. So o only problem is there, like sometimes when people consign something, they expect a stupidly high number, which is why I think our percentage of consignment is so low because I don't take a lot of consignment. Like I'm not just taking it to have it sit there and look pretty. Like I, if I take something I want it to sell, otherwise it's a waste of my time, right? So... I, I don't accept all consignment, but if the price is right and I'll, I'll be proud to sell it to my client and, and know it's a good price for my client, then I do it. And what do you say to the customer? Do you say, look, this is what we're going to try and achieve. This is what it probably will achieve, but give us a minimum. Or do you get on the phone to them and say, I've had an offer? We set a reserve. And then if I get offered anything lower, then I would call the client who sent us the memo. You do know? you shit yourself when you're shipping a Richard Mill? Because I mean, <laughs> that must be insane, like <laughs> shipping a... I, I've lost maybe half a million dollars in packages since I've started doing business. But is that well insured, yo? So I've I've recovered like 300 out of that 500,000. Some of it insurance didn't even cover just because of the method we used on those particular shipments. But like the customer never loses a dollar. I incur the loss, you know. If the customer pays me for a watch and it gets lost in the mail, I'm shipping them another one the next I day. I suppose people don't really mess you around as much in the watch world because it's a bit more close-knit, but obviously me and you from an e-commerce background, how many people, when you're selling them a product online, just mess you around? They say they haven't received it, but you yeah, know there's, full well that there's quite a lot it. of that. It's really fair. bad. But that's yeah. the trouble with low-priced items, isn't it? You I get guess those so. kind of people. Yeah, when you're paying more yeah. expensive yeah, That's prices, what I'm saying, yeah. It's fine. So Google says your net worth is close to $8 million. Oh, really, does it? Yeah. Well, how accurate is that? I mean, um, we have an inventory more money than that. Really? Yeah. And how much of the business do you own personally? I own uh, 50, 75% soon. It's right now 50%. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll leave Who, that out to the viewers' imagination. Who's going? My grandpa. Oh, really? Yeah. He's just going to retire off and finish. Yeah. I gave him equity when I started just because, just because. Respect. Yeah. I don't know. My family, like it's my dad, my dad's brother and his dad, my grandpa. And everything they do, they do 33% each. And here I just gave up. 75% of the equity day one when I started. My dad was getting emotional when I went to him in St. Martin. Like, my story is, if you, if you guys want, I could tell the story. Yeah, go on. This go in, right? So uh, I worked real estate in New York from the day I graduated for six days. Okay, I was about to sign my apartment. I didn't yet, thank God. And Hurricane Irma happened in the Caribbean. It wiped out like all mm. businesses. It wiped out the cruise ship port. And St. Martin is an island that relies solely on tourism for business, for revenue. Not only that, there was a lot of looting, a lot of crime. And my dad and mom, everyone was feeling This weird. is the one that just missed Antigua, wasn't it? It hit all the islands bad. Oh, it was right. like a couple of years ago, Irma. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was very bad. Um, so yeah, it, it, there was a lot of crime going on, right? And I grew up on that island. I have connections with all sorts of people. Mm. And I felt like I could keep my family safe. So uh, I went back. I quit the job. Started working for my dad. There, there were no retail clients, like I said, because the tourism port got completely destroyed. And my dad didn't know what Instagram was. He didn't know what Twitter was. He didn't know anything about social media, right? I was like, Dad, why are you guys going to open the store every day? Pray one customer walks in who flew here to stay in a destroyed hotel for whatever reason. I'm going to start at Instagram. It was like my dad a couple of years ago. He didn't know what Instagram is at all. But now, now, now he's, he's famous. Now, look he's at him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, I didn't know. I, I knew of it. Well, you thought it was the same as what? But you didn't believe in it. Yeah. Well, you know, you, the, the trouble is you've got to embrace things. You see, yes. the, the problem is as people get older, they I, I think they draw a line. And it's a different age for different people. But some people will say, for example, get to 50. And they go, right, that's... 
I've had enough of everything now. I don't want to learn anymore. I know everything I want to know. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. And then from that point on, that's it. Their, their life is going, you know, it's gradually struggling against what the new is. Whereas what I try and do, and Curtis is great because obviously a young son will always keep you up to date with what's going on. I, I think the longer you can keep learning the new technology and keeping up with it, the better the life you're going to have. For sure. You know, I don't want to struggle with banking and WhatsApp and Facebook and all the different things. I, I want to be involved. You know, I go down to the golf club and they don't know what I'm talking Keeps about. you younger for sure. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We were trying to tell them at the uh, the tables the other night, weren't we, what we do for a living. And he was like, I mean, yeah, they didn't were, understand what YouTube yeah, was. Yeah, they were even saying that on the, uh, <laughs> you on the black table. You all the chips yeah. on the table with what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, wait, you can actually make money from that? Yeah, like, yeah. Yes. I actually had to say to them, we make television programs for the internet. And they went, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Then yeah. he went, "What's the internet?" <laughs> <laughs> One of them said that. He did say that. He, he was joking, joke. though. He was joking. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to your story. Sorry, so you started yeah. the Instagram no, no account. So, I started the Instagram. I would go crazy, like doing stuff that I frown upon now. I would go on competitors' pages, for example, Nico Leonard. Right, I would go on his page, go to his following, follow everyone, <laughs> like ten of their photos myself manually back in the day. And I would comment on their stuff, make sure I grabbed their attention, you know. And then when they would see Shiva's Jewelers, which was my dad's company who I worked for at the time, I would pray that they clicked it, checked out what all the content I put up. And, you know, you guys know the deal, yeah. right? And it got to the point where I got 10,000 followers. At the time, it was a big deal to have five-digit following, right? And um, people started not only trying to buy what I was trying to sell, which I was doing phenomenal doing. Like, I was doing more revenue for my dad than he was doing prior to the shop being closed for the hurricane just on an instagram account and it got to the point where people were trying to not only buy the stuff but they were trying to offer me the hot watches you know and like people who were buying from me were also asking like hey i, I know you have this but you have the hot watches like the pepsi and the batman and at first i didn't when i started getting offered i was like why don't i try to like just middleman this you know and my dad was paying me 3500 at the time i was making him over 10x that every month for sure and i just felt like I'm making nothing. Like, how am I going <laughs> to save a dollar? I was spending every dollar I made. I had never had more than 2000 at my bank account at once at that, at that point. And I was like, Dad, I'm going to start my own thing. You know, I want to move to Miami. Um, I think it's a good city. It's super close by to home. So if I need to come home, it's a three-hour flight. And I think I'll, I'll have a lot more exposure there than sitting in your back office, you know? And, like, everyone knowing me as your son instead of Neil. And yeah. He, he felt kind of hurt by it, and I could see that and, like, for like two weeks, we were talking less, and he's like, "You just want to like move out because you think, you think you can make five thousand a month and and be happy and like, you want to you want to like my dad is is a multimillionaire, you know. I had like, but he raised me very tough. Like I ne he never gave me more than a hundred dollars a week in <laughs> high school as my allowance. Like he he raised me tough for what he has. Like I would raise my kids, uh, I would blow a lot more on them. Yeah, mm. Dad yeah. raised me. Tough I, I, I was well. going to say I, I would I would blow more too. But what was it you got for pocket money? Five, uh, five pounds. Five a month. pounds a month. So what? Wow. Se Seven dollars yeah, a month. Yeah, I had to choose carefully what I wanted from the supermarket. <laughs> I want that one bag. Of you might have been able to get some yeah. skills. So your, yours was even tougher. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it worked because look where we are today. You know, mm. and, oh, for sure. But I know I would spoil my kids a yeah. little more. It's, it's much easier to say yes to kids than no to kids. And sometimes if you want to um, teach the, the respect of money, then I think yeah. you've got to be reasonably hard, in my opinion. And I think uh, that made you more eager to earn it. So, mm. you know, you're out there pushing, hustling, because you know the worth of that money. Yeah. yeah. How much do you think that actually going and uh, going it alone was due to making more money versus maybe doing something of your own and being known 
feel like I wanted to be known for myself. Yeah. It wasn't the money. That's yeah. why I gave up the equity to start. You know, like mm-hmm. when my dad felt a certain way, to me, it wasn't about the equity. It was like, I want to go to a new city, start my own thing and show you how I take this from the ground up on my own. Like more, I wanted to just show my dad, like, look, I know we have all this to fall on, but I'm going to kill it myself. And I'm going to take this to new heights. Like, I'm going to do even better. I'm not there yet. I'm still far from doing better than my dad, but I will get there. And it'll be his too, you know? Are that, you doing better than he was at your age? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you'll definitely get there eventually. Yes. That's mm. the big we, we think that's important, don't we? I've all, mm. and what my dad said to me, you know, like, you've got to do better than I've done. And he did well. And, you know, I now say to Curtis, you've got to do better than I've done. You've got to carry that name forward. And I, very I, I'm very strong about that. Same. You know, it's the only way the name carries on. Yeah. So if sure. someone wants to get into watches and investing in them, what would you say the entry price is to like the top four, like Rolex, AP, Patek and Richard Mill? So the entry to a Rolex is a Batman. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, no. No, I want to hear from the watch <laughs> no, like seven, eight thousand. You can get a entry level car in Rolex, like an Oyster Perpetual or an Air King is super nice. You know, I'd say more like 15 to 20,000. You're, you know, the range of watches you can buy and it gets much bigger. Yeah. And what about for Patek? Patek. I mean, if you're looking at the round, unpopular models, you can get them for like 40, 50K. When you look at the square, you can even get them for less. Sorry, 20, 30, 20 to 30,000 is your entry level there for the round yeah. paddocks. The popular ones, which are the Aquanaut and Nautilus, they're like kind of square shaped. I'm sure you know. Yeah. Those start, I'd say, at like 65,000 today for a steel Aquanaut on a rubber strap that just has date and time. Okay. Yeah. And an AP? Yeah. We're going through the whole list, aren't we? Well, I'm going to go through the big four because people like to know how, you know, if they wanted to get onto that level, then start building. I think people would start at the bottom, don't they? For sure. Um, AP, if you were to get an offshore, there's two major collections. The Royal Oak Offshore, which is mostly on a strap. Um, It wears a little bigger than the Royal Oak. And there's the Royal Oak. For your men's entry-level Royal Oak Offshore, if you were looking at a pre-owned model, it would be like between fifteen to 25,000 entry. And on a Royal Oak, not the offshore, uh, you're looking at around a $30,000 entry mark. Okay, you know what the next one's going to be. Richard uh, Mill. Yeah, so Richard How Mill. How can you get into that market? A men's entry level Richard Mill today is right around $100,000. So not entry level, really. <laughs> you're going to have to sort of Depends who you are. It's, it's trade crazy your way to up. Because they go up to like, I've seen, there's Richard Mills that are over $10 million. Mm, so wow. It is entry level for the brand. And they only make 3,000 watches a year. They've only been producing watches for 20 years. It's, that's 60,000 Richard Mills in existence. That's how many watches Paddock makes every single year. When it comes to like a, a $10 million Richard Mill, yeah. is it any different than a, a $2 million Richard Mill in yeah. terms of movement? Or is it just a pissing contest in terms of, you know, The status? movement, the, the brand ambassador behind the watch. A lot, there's a lot of factors. The, the f- how limited the watches. A lot of watches that are like, you know, th- that amount of money, they're going to be limited to three pieces, 10 pieces in the world, five pieces in the world, super exclusive. So I need to buy a Rolex. So what would you buy if you were me? What would you recommend for me? Give me your budget. <sighs> he, hasn't, mean, he hasn't got one. Uh, ideally, it's my, <laughs> oh. it's my first ever watch. I've never... He, he likes to think it's a Batman, so, so, but then he, yeah. he won't buy it but when I'm he's just, offered I'm it. I'm just not 100% <laughs> sure. So I've never had a watch in my whole life. Because like I say, for me, it's, it is a show of wealth, whether people agree or not. Yeah. That's fine. That's what it is for me. So I personally don't want to wear one under you know 10 to 15 grand. So I was thinking a Batman would be a nice You could look um, at the Batman, the Pepsi, if you spend like two grand I've, more. One of my boys has already had one. He's he has got one. one. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't have Batman, that. Batman, Pepsi. You could look at the Sprite. They're a little bit more money mm. than the Batman. Um, 
could look at a two-tone root beer because you get the yeah gold i was thinking for, the two-tone root beer. it's like, a little bit more though isn't it like two three thousand more but you get a lot of gold so i thought there. two tones weren't that desirable though. the two-tone date justs and not, I would say, but they're, they're all, I mean, bro, it's, it's personal taste. Mm. They all hold value. I mean, steel does better over MSRP than two tone just cause steel is very wearable. Um, but yeah, there's a market for two tone. We sell a lot of it. The two tone root beer is a great one. Yeah. The two tone root so beer. So you fantastic. were, you were offered. Very popular. Yeah. See, it's, uh, it's annoying. <laughs> so I went to an AD obviously because I would love to have a relationship with an AD and they offered me a, um, a two-tone date just and i didn't buy it which i wish i sort of did now because it would have been a good way to start a relationship yeah. but it was like 11 grand on a watch that i didn't want i said in the nico pod i'd That's never pounds, wear a date right? just. 11 grand yeah pounds. 11 yeah, pounds 14 and one, one of my mates has a um the 60th anniversary day day olive dial um, he's a big fan of yours as well awesome. and uh, i sent him a picture of it when i was in the ad and he was just laughing at me he said if you buy that he said you are an idiot bro why you're, you're, you're driven by the people too much that's the problem yeah you gotta you gotta buy what you yeah, like but not I, what society expects <laughs> you know what mark i completely agree if, if i really want something i will 100 buy to it. Me, but at the same time if you had that watch now although it means something to you and every single person thought it was not a very good watch you wouldn't feel amazing about it. You know, you want people to like what you've got. You want people to like what you've accomplished. You want people to like your business. You as a yeah, person, I mean, if you know, every single course. person told me it was a shit watch. <laughs> You'd sell it. I'd slowly start disliking yeah. it. Of course. So when yeah. my boys who have got much better watches than I have tell me it's not a good watch, I, I take that you on board. You know what you got to do? You got to get what you can for now. Mm -hmm. Work your way up. So I reckon, them I, I reckon, like, I reckon we get off this pod and I grab a Batman. <laughs> I, reckon I got you. And it sounds, well, I was from just going to say- trading. It better be from time piece. Let's straight. get down to All my. Right, so let's what, get down to Miami. I flew so here. What, I flew here. From all right. Miami. So what have you got then? What have you got? What are the prices? I'll hook you up. I'm gonna hook you up heavy. All right, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> it's gonna be under fifteen thousand. All right, let's actually, do it. Which you, you guys can tell him how good. Of a what is that? US. Yeah. Do you know the last cool. podcast we did yeah, with uh, with a watch Fuck. guy? <laughs> I ended up buying the a happy watch. Dad. So oh, so it could be his. It was. You got you got that one from me. I did actually buy that one for him because we just had to talk about it on the pod, and he just made it, so I couldn't say no. And I've been Mark, really pressured. When I saw your videos before, I saw you didn't have a watch on. Well, the watch I like to wear, he doesn't want me to wear on the podcast. It's actually made by a friend of mine, and uh, but I like it. Independent. So why don't you want him to wear that watch, Curtis? <laughs> don't put me on the spot. <laughs> Let, let's throw this back to Neil. Who are your, some of your most famous clients? We work with Drake. We work with wow. Six Nine. We work with Steve. Will do it. We work with NBA Young Boy. We work with uh, Kai Sinat. I mean, we were blessed, bro. How uh, did that Zen. relationship start with like Drake? Drake, uh, so we do a lot of business with Benjamin Kicks. He buys a lot of shoes from us and he collects, uh, connects us to a lot of celebrities because we've spent a lot of money on shoes with Ben. And uh, yeah, so he's just returning the favor, you know, and we've sent him a lot of clients. It's all about connections, isn't it? I mean, we say so often, your network is your net, net worth. worth. For sure. How true. 100% true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without the network, the watches aren't shit because I can't sell them, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, so... He introduced us. The first day I met Drake was crazy, bro. I got passed between like from security to security 10 times. Really? In a six minute span. It was crazy. So what, different levels of security? No, just different security guards. I don't know what the reason is, but mm -hmm. there's gotta be a reason behind it. You right. know, like one security would walk me down the hall then another security would walk me down the next mm. hall. Then another one take me to the elevator. There's a different one waiting in the elevator. It's, it was crazy. So what, did you just meet him and then do the exchange? Or? I got a call on a Sunday morning that he was he was gifting future two or three Richard meals for his birthday. Okay, right. <laughs> It was Sunday morning. I, uh, I'm being completely transparent. I'm 26. I enjoy my life. I was hungover. I live in Miami. I was hungover. I woke up. I smoked. I was a little out of it. 
And I get this call and they're like, you got to be here for someone huge. We can't tell you who. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And you winding me up. Yeah, it's a Sunday. I got to arrange insurance. (laughs) I got to arrange security. It's going to cost me five, six thousand dollars to get a box of Richard meals to this hotel for a showing that you won't tell me who I'm going to see. Ben's like, bro, it's worth it. Trust me. And somehow within an hour and 20 minutes, we made it to the hotel with security, insured, everything. And we still don't know who we're seeing. I still think I'm getting robbed. Like, I'm, I'm scared at this point. And we go in and, and Drake's sitting there in the conference room and he just picked out Richard Mills and just, you know, it was, that's, that was it. That's Did you crazy. get starstruck when you saw him? Yeah. <laughs> so you just standing there like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got a little anxious. I, I wasn't yeah. standing there. I didn't freeze up, but I got anxious. I was definitely like slurring words, like said a couple of wrong things, like probably gave him low prices that I shouldn't have given. Because really? like, you're a bit low. too excited. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make him a client right there. Yeah, but there, it's worth know? it for the connection, yeah. though, the low yeah. prices. I wouldn't Like what I just did with profit. you with the Batman. I got anxious and I fucked up. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we, cool. got it, we got it recorded. So what did we yeah. say, like $10,000 <laughs> yeah, yeah. for a 2022 no, no, no. or something like that? I didn't like fuck that. up that bad. Uh, Kai we're... here says he's never going to get starstruck. Tell me what it's like. No, no. Tell me what it's like. Because I'm sure you don't think you're going to get starstruck. No, but it just hits. It just hits, yeah. Yeah, but... I go on, sorry. I don't know. Go I on. just start sweating unconditionally. <laughs> like, you, you know, like my, I don't know. You just get nervous like you used to in high school. I guess it depends It depends how you define starstruck, but I just don't really put people on the pedestal like that. Like if I was him, I wouldn't want someone to be starstruck by me. And I, I would just treat him like a, a normal guy and just be Yeah, but polite. you'd like to, but then your body would kind of. And maybe, but, I, but, I think that, but, but I think that you can be nervous. For, like uh, if I was not working with you, let's say, and I'm going for a, a, a job interview at the deadest job in the world. You still have that little element of nerve. Does that mean that that boss at that job is starstruck? I'm, no, I'm that's starstruck. Just no, I'm just nervous. So yeah, if, yeah. if I'm nervous by someone, it doesn't mean I'm starstruck. But obviously, Drake is an absolute goat. Different league. I'd be sweating. I'd be stuttering. Yes. The what, a bit like you were starstruck. when uh, Andrew Tate was exactly. on the cast. <laughs> yeah, I was scared for Andrew Tate. But that was my first ever podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it's Andrew um, Tate. Danny, 6'9". He's literally like my bro. Like we hang out really? and he comes to my house. We chill. We play video games. But still, when I'm sitting next to him, it's different than when I talk to him on the phone. I don't know why. It's just I know how big he is and like how many eyes are on me when I'm with. The, I don't know what it is, but something about being with someone that big to me, I still get nervous, even mm. though I've dealt with multiple of them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. But I think nerves and starstruck are two different things. I would definitely Maybe, yeah. be nervous. Yes, I would be nervous for sure. I'm not denying that. So, I reckon you'll just kill over. <laughs> Maybe I would. So I did the would. did the low prices actually help you get that? <laughs> Yeah, we got to get Drake on the pod one day. Uh, and then I'll, we, can, I'll, we can prove him wrong. The only thing we can have a debate on is how far he's going to bounce off the floor as he kills But down. I would just treat him with nothing but respect. <laughs> well, well the nice thing guy. is, when we were going around um, Vid Summit, you saw like famous YouTubers and you, you were a little bit starstruck. No, I saw like, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Gambles. Jimmy yeah, Gambles. I saw, I saw, <laughs> Jimmy, you, I, I saw Jimmy Gambles from there. I just said, oh, Jimmy Gambles. I shook his hand. Pleasure to meet you, bro. Uh, pleasant Green. Same <laughs> yeah. thing. I just said, oh, Pleasant Green. Shook his hand. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah. But you, you acted did. slightly differently. Last time I was here, I was here with Nelk. I wish they were here this time. Yeah, I love yeah. Nelk. That would be guys. good. That would be so I cool. Really I mean, if I ever do a trip, I'll let you guys know. That would be sure. cool. Yeah. So given these low prices to Drake, did that lead to an extended relationship with yeah. him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we sold yeah. him a couple million in watches. By, uh, and it's only been six, seven months we've been dealing with him. That is oh, sick. Wow. That yeah. is so sick. Yeah. yeah, I've always found that when you get a high profile customer, you treat them well. They'll stick with you. Yeah, There's there no was, reason to go anywhere else. They know do you you're want another safe, drink, bro? I'll hands. take one. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. I, I did a deal with Drake where he bought a Rolex from us, okay? He bought it for like $900,000 or close to it. 
he the closest comp he found, and he had people looking because he's a smart guy. He doesn't want to waste money. The closest comp was 1.3 million. Mm. So we saved him 400,000 on one watch. Plus we made money. Like, you know, when you hear that, you're not going anywhere else. And that's what I aim to do with everyone. Yeah, that's yeah. how you keep clients. Yeah. I've always aimed to do that within my business. You know, you look after people, they'll look after you. You know, and you haven't got to give them extortionate discounts necessarily. But take you know, care of you. Take care of you. Don't take the pay. Don't tax you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, exactly. Like, I mean, you're already paying tax, but don't tax you more. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy you bought that watch from Nico because Nico's also an amazing guy. He takes very good care of his clients. Like, so passionate, isn't he, yes, about it? Yes, you know, yeah. a, He's the biggest, um, I think, in social media in our whole industry right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, the AP watches are a premium class watch, um, and you've showed us the skeleton version. Are the skeleton versions a percentage more in cost, generally speaking, or are they the same? All brands is usually the skeleton is going to cost more. It's just more intricate, more more beautiful to look at. Yeah, because I I love mechanisms. I've got um, a really old 1966 one arm bandit at home. You know the old slot machines. Yeah, I just love the mechanisms of that. I've always liked mechanisms. And I saw you sold. Yeah, let, um, let's let's trade watches for the duration of the podcast. <laughs> That's easily and, done. And maybe Mark will like it so much he'll call me. For it. I was just about to say what's so you. Well, I won't need to call you for it. I'll just be wearing it home. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the invoice, bro. Here's where they it's don't not going to fit. Ah. It's too tight. Ah. So Look at that. I no, I'm not going to be able to get no, that on. Dad has massive about, hands. Though. It's crazy. How about putting it on Kai? I have tiny hands. It won't fit me. Now let's see what it looks like on Kai. Oh, no. It makes your wrist look small. Of course it does. I don't, listen, <laughs> bro. I don't even know how to put you, the bro. thing on. So with an AP, you always do the side of the buckle first that doesn't say AP. Because otherwise it would clap. Oh, oh, cool. oh, it suits you, bro. Right, listen. It so looks I'm a bit heavy. So I've just been gifted. By Neil from Timepiece Trade. Yeah, Mark's getting the invoice. I guess Mark gifted it to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Til Tilbury Multimedia gifted. Yeah. I saw you sold um, an absolutely gorgeous black ceramic version skeleton, one of these. Yeah, we sold a couple. Yeah, how much did they go for? Because that's probably the most beautiful watch like, give me in my eyes second. that I've seen. They're around 275000 yeah. yeah, no wonder it looked nice. <laughs> but it's crazy, bro. There were six. There were five hundred and fifty thousand six months ago. Really? It's half. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's not a bad time to buy. So something we ask all of the the watch guys that come on the show is, what do you think of the new Bugatti watch? The Jacob and Co. Bugattis are beautiful watches. A lot of money. A lot of value for money. There's a lot of intricacy in the movement. To me, the movements are crazier than Richard Mille AP Paddock Rolex. Like they're beautiful to look at. They're, the functionality is crazy. But the unfortunately, the resale value on a Jacob & Co. is not that of an AP Rolex Richard right, Mille. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm friends with Jacob, but mm. and I'll mm. still say it's not a great investment, but like this is for the ultra rich. You know? mm, yeah. this I is think for, it looks good. To yeah, be Nico, Nico said he didn't like it. And I said to him, well, you know, Obviously, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? You might not like Picasso, you might like, you know, Rembrandt or whatever. You know, there's, there's something that you like that's for you. Yeah. And I think, I know it's a bit gimmicky. I think it's wonderful looking. What we even like. get shit sometimes yeah. for wearing Beats on the podcast. Yeah, you know, like it shows time. how, like you know, it's all down to the person and what you prefer. Yeah, because you know how, sure. how can they? Why? What do they want beats? you to wear? I don't know. They're oh, like okay. so, someone commented. Some, someone commented something along the lines of like, "Dr. Dre is beats." Though. Yeah, no, this is. Yeah, yeah this is. Well, there we go. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> they said like you clearly don't. I was trying know to be sound. cool then. <laughs> <laughs> something to shut up the haters. Um, when it comes to watches, they're always saying, "Why buy an expensive watch when you can tell the?" Uh, I messed that one up. Yeah. <laughs> tell the time. On yeah. Your phone. Why buy an expensive watch when you can tell the time on your phone? Like you said, you know, a lot of people buy for status. A lot of people, like we said, uh, a lot of people buy it for investment. 
um, there's a lot of reasons you'd buy a watch besides just checking the time. A lot of the time, I'm being honest, I don't even have my watch time set to the right time. But yeah. So how many? How many? I still love it. You know. Yeah, I don't even wind mine up. How many people do you think (laughs) buy it for status, and how many people are buying it because they love the watch? Because in my opinion, it's like obviously I don't know, but do you think Steve will do it? Buying his watches off. I think eighty percent of my clientele is buying it for status. I'm being open and honest, and that's why I sell the hype watches, and that's why they. And that's why my entry level would be the Batman because I don't want to wear a cheap watch that no one likes because it's like, what's the point? So, so bearing in mind, I've got the Pepsi. What should be my next watch? I would move up to like a Daytona or, yeah. or oh, a... Yeah, Daytona. And how much is that? Or like a stainless steel Royal Oak. Because to me, yeah. a Royal Oak is a step up from, from a Rolex. I, okay. I like AP. To me, they're more exotic. They're more intricate. They're more, way more limited. They make 40,000 watches a year. Rolex makes a million watches a year. So, right. so yeah, it's nice to make the set, wasn't it? Have the set of four, the big yeah. four. Yeah. If I was to get one from you, how much would it cost me? A Royal Oak? Yeah, if I was to get around, a good price. Around 30K, bro. Oh, so if I'm, just, if I'm buying a watch, you're buying a watch. <laughs> yeah, I want to get in as well. If, if you're getting a good deal, I want to get in. He gets super jealous. Like yeah. one, one time, um, it was a little while ago, and I don't even really like crypto or invest in crypto, but at one point I was having a little play with it. Crypto dipped. I just, he obviously owed me some money for some wages. So I said, is there any chance you could pay me my money early so I could buy the dip? He gives me my money and then he pays himself early as well. Because he's like, I'm not having you get paid and me not get paid. He starts getting all jealous. Yeah, so if I buy a watch, he's definitely... Yeah, I'll, I'll one-up you, bro. I'll get, yeah, I'll get the next one up. When's the, next, w- when's the next flight to Miami? Is it leaving shortly? Uh, 12, t- tonight, midnight. Oh, right. Well, we've got to be on it, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's full. It is crazy. This is the first economy flight I've done in long. I, I killed my back for you guys. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, so really usually on private jets then? No. I, but last time I was in Vegas, I came private. Yeah. Oh, really? It's a $60,000 round trip. I don't think it's worth it, but I had, a, I had a friend who paid. So do you think it's really a lot better than like first class, like first class experience? Private? Yeah. Hell yeah. So why, why, is, it, why is it that much better? Because well, I, I, I could have come, come here for three hours, which is all I needed here, yeah. sat with you guys and gone my ass back home, got back to work, made my money for the day. But now I'm stuck here till midnight. You know, I have to book. Hang on here. Stuck here in Vegas. Yeah, which is dangerous as hell. The most degenerate city on earth. I'm making the money not to lose it, to keep it. (laughs) So if we bring it back to the the watch industry, um, do you think like the authorized dealers give the whole industry a bad name with the way they deal with their uh, clients? Because obviously you've got to buy certain watches and work your way up. It's a gray area. Like a lot of people hate the way they get treated. Some people like they'll love you when you walk in and they'll get you stuff. You know, it's it's mm. luck a lot of the time. It's like a there. game, isn't it? You know, yeah. you buy this, we might sell you that. Like I said, and again, excuse my French, if you suck their dick, they're going to like you and they'll get you good stuff. But like, well, I, I wouldn't go in and suck the well, dick. When this. I went in the AD, they asked me what I do for a living and stuff like that. And I actually told them, you know, I work with Mark Tilbury, stuff like that. And the, the guy that was dealing with me, he was like, oh, what, Mark Tilbury? I follow him on TikTok. I, I love his stuff. And he still wouldn't sell me yeah, a good watch. Crazy. Obviously, they offered me the, the two-tone, but I was not paying 11 grand for that. I'm not going to drop the name of the boutique, but I went to a boutique once and I barely get watches at retail and they watched my channel and they got me a couple watches. No oh, really? way. Yeah, and they know I'm reselling it and they shouldn't be doing <laughs> That's the that first way. time we've ever heard that. Everyone's just like, no, they mm. will never deal with me ever. Like, yeah, I've given them it. my ID, my credit card. They get, you Google my name, you see everything watches and they sold me watches. Do you think Rolex will uh, gradually develop a direct-to-customer sales strategy rather than going through ADs? Yeah, that's what Richard Mill and AP did. I don't know if Rolex will ever do it. My dad used to own the Richard Mill boutique in St. Martin and the AP boutique in Aruba. And actually, just when Irma struck, like right before that is when both brands were pulled. And so it was amazing for me because I also got to sell to his clients. But 
I don't know what Rolex is going to do. I can't speak for them. Mm, because I mean, obviously there's a, a, a margin there that they can keep for themselves. 100%. And also they can distribute to a, a wider audience if they're doing that. So, yeah. I mean, maybe you should write a letter to Rolex. Maybe they'll hire you. <laughs> yeah, do you, do, think, do you so. think it made them less desirable, though? Because part of the fact that like, you can't just go and buy a Rolex. I think well, it makes them more just desirable. just go and buy a Rolex? I mean, look, like, like, like these shoes, like the Pepsi, like the fact that you can't have it. You want it more. Mm-hmm. So I think it helps. But like the way ADs treat certain customers and when you say, hey, I want Nautilus and they say, they laugh in your face and they say, get out of here. Everyone wants a Nautilus like that. I think by no means you should treat a retail client any way like any way like that. You know, you should be nice. Customer is always king is what I was taught, what I follow. And I think it's been doing very well. Mm. is so. there any been any like scenarios where a customer might have not looked like they can spend a lot of money with yeah. you but they're coming in they this do. week doesn't no, it no blow your mind i got it? the wire yesterday 200 grand this group that came in i did not believe it no yeah. one in the office believed it but the wire hit so really yeah, it's amazing yeah. isn't it because it, it actually blows you off your feet because you i always say to my staff i say don't assume anything if they're interested give them the time show them the products run through it give them the best advice you can build the dream if they can't afford it, they can't afford it. They might be able to afford it three or four years' time. You'd have no idea. Yeah, you can't judge a book by its yeah. cover. Ever. And then they go, yeah, go on, I'll have all four of those you showed me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, like like you, I'm sure you're more well-off than me or your son, but we're wearing nicer watches. You know, If I judged you by what you wore coming in, I'd lose a millionaire plus customer for no reason. Oh, know? thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> What's the? Um, I'm very frugal. I have he's to extremely say. I can frugal. change that. Yeah, he's it's so investing, bro. Yeah, it's not, it's not, you're not spending money. <laughs> now that you struck it big, uh, have you done anything nice for your family to kind of pay it back? I mean, I bought my dad a Maybach this year. I got oh, my really? mom a gold AP. I That's got my nice. dad a Richard Mille. Uh, I got. I, I take care of my whole team too. Like, I mean, anyone who helps me go up, they come up with me. Like, I make yeah. sure of it. I saw you bought your uh, brother a nice Porsche as yeah, well. Yeah, 911 Turbo S, hey, new, new body. Beautiful. So fast. He works super hard. He's at the office before me every day. He leaves when I leave, you know. He deserves the world, and he, he never bought a car, and I have six cars, and I'm like, bro, I was going to go buy myself a car, and I was like, and I wanted that McLaren forever, but I was like, nah, my brother deserves yeah, it. Yeah, but you got access to that Porsche when you want it. Yeah. <laughs> How does, so I barely the, drive it because I want him to know it's, like I it's gave his. Him, I gave yeah, him yeah. the title, so he knows it's his. But I barely so, drive so what it. other cars have you got? You mentioned you got six cars. What what have you got? Well, I'll tell you the whole fleet, like between me and my brothers, because we really share everything. But we got a, a Porsche 911 GT3 RS. We have a Turbo S 911. We have a Lamborghini Urus. We have a Ferrari 812 Superfast. Nice. We have a Ferrari 48 Spider. We have a uh, S63 AMG Coupe. We have a C63 S AMG Sedan Edition 1. We have a Maybach truck. I think that's it. Wow. When I was growing oh, up. Oh, I have an R8. I forgot my R8. <laughs> oh, my right. favorite. Buying all these things to your family and, and friends and that, does it make you feel a certain way? Yeah. I mean, I think firstly, hanging out with Steve influenced me a lot. He's crazy. Uh, he gives I saw, away so I saw much. I give his yeah. assistant a Richard Mule, then his videographer a Richard Mule, then his best friend a Richard Mule on the same night. And like, I, I don't know, after that day, I was like, like the tears in his eyes and the tears in the person he gave it to his eyes and the fact that he loved the person he's giving it to. To me, that that trumps 
my happiness that lasts two days when I get a new car. Yeah, so building on that. So buy me a watch and I will cry. <laughs> I promise you I will cry. Uh, your top salesman, Sean, he seems yes. so knowledgeable in the watch market. I love that you knew that. Yeah, and he's also so good with his customer care as well. I mean, he is a massive asset, isn't he? Has he lived and breathed watches all his so life? So Sean was trying to look for a job in finance. Shout out Sean at Cellclocks. Uh, he was looking for a finance job. When I moved to St. Martin... I don't know. We were just buddies. You know, we went to business class together. We used to play RuneScape together, waste our time. And I was like, bro, if you really need a job, like my dad is looking for someone smart to like help build a website for jewelry. And he was like, I don't really do website building, but I love jewelry and watches. I don't know if there's anything there. Uh, my dad's partner interviewed him in New York. He worked for my dad. It, it lasted like six weeks. Um, he got fired by my dad's partner. And I was like, I felt bit bad. Rough. I felt bad. You know, I was like, I called him here. He moved from New York to St. Martin in the Caribbean, left his family. Like, I'm starting TPT. I know I can't really afford it, but fuck it. I'm going to try. And I'm going to hire him and I'm going to spend every dollar I'm making on Sean. I'm going to make sure he's happy, taken care of. And I'm sure he's going to make me happy because he's mm. going to see what I'm doing. And yeah, we. So that knowledge is built from there. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, all he homework. Starting and, with my dad. Yeah. And then me and him would. When I started, I had a little apartment in Brickell. It was like 2800 the rent. It was a two bedroom. Uh, I bought a printer off Amazon for 100 bucks, a safe for 300 And I took a loan from my dad, an interest paid loan. And um, I just ran it up from there. I would have half a million dollars in this $300 safe. I'd be getting in a package delivery room uh $100,000 packages mm -hmm. and it was just super sus but it worked mm. well he seems as passionate as Nico does yeah and then when you see the two together they're like you can't get my part can you yeah I think I start <laughs> to worry I, I think you know Sean's yeah, girlfriend bit of a too. bromance there yeah, yeah. Sean's girlfriend <laughs> you're um you're really using social media to propel your business and I noticed you took the whole team out skydiving recently uh, I also know you're uh, a little bit afraid Steve, of heights Steve took me out oh it was Steve yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Well, he forced me he well, said he actually told me, Mark, he was like, if you do not do this today, if you don't jump out of this plane, I'm telling everyone on my YouTube, which now it's Rumble, that every watch you sold me was fake. <laughs> and, well, and he'd do it. You know, he, <laughs> he, he definitely would. I saw him turn Bradley Martin's uh, gym yeah. into a strip club yesterday. Like The guy's just great. Well, we're off to uh, Dubai very soon to do uh, the Dubai version of the podcast. And uh, we're going to parachute out over the Palm Island. Oh, it looks it's got to be done. Yeah. Right. Kai, You're going to do it, Mark? Absolutely. Yeah, Kai says he won't do it. Can you convince him it's the best thing he could possibly ever do? Why, why would heights? you jump to your death? Um, for one, I'm scared of heights. Two, we've got this to do. Me and Curtis have got a, a new business, Tilbury yeah, Towers, to build. Like, I, 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 I love my life. I've got shit to do, and I am not risking it jumping out of a plane with some random sorry, dude Mark, on like, my back. If I didn't get that threat, I would not have jumped from a Yeah, plane. no way. What, some random all, willingly, like, it's, all about, it's all about the threat. All we got to think threat. of the right You have to threaten him. Threaten him. Like cancel his contract if he doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's something there, there isn't there? You're fired if you. If do you know you what? Do, do you know what? I'd get fired. Oh really? No, you Yes, I would. No, you. Yes, I would. How are you going to afford the Batman right. if you don't jump? Exactly. Uh, I, I will be okay. So, what's your opinion on the watch market where it's <laughs> heading in the next five years? Say, I believe that right now is a good time to invest. Next month may be a shit time to invest. May be an even better time to invest. It changes a lot. Um, I can only speak on right now.
in my opinion. It's mm. not a fact. I think there's still scarcity in the market, in my opinion. Not that I know scarcity a lot about the market. Like there's fewer just, of the hot stuff. Yeah, it's just not enough of what people want available, and it's yeah. still very difficult to buy what you want. I think so. that's what makes it so sick, though. Mm. That's why I think right now maybe a bottom and maybe the best time to invest. Mm. Mm. Actually, the last three four weeks, I'm seeing market going back up. So, but just slowly, you know, not not like how. But it's that's been. what you'd prefer, isn't it? Yeah, a like slow like increase. the when, last three years, yeah. it was too, like too wild. Yeah, when every the, uh, month you're seeing like four or five percent returns on mm. on inventory that's not selling, and then when it sells, you have the profit plus the returns of it sitting, which is crazy. Mm. When the pandemic hit, like, did you shit yourself? Like, you know, when it first hit, knowing what yeah, the hell so, is going to so, happen, you couldn't predict it was going to go so week crazy. Week one, my dad called me and he said the world's about to be fucked. I'm selling all my stocks. You better sell all your watches. So I was strongly against what my dad was saying here. Like, I listen to my dad a lot, but whenever he tells me, oh, the market's going to get fucked, I said, no, watches. Because for me, since day one, when I entered, they only went up. You know, I was like, impossible. Watches are not going down. But like, he, he like instilled it in me so much that I sold off probably 20% of our inventory, maybe 30% within this two weeks where COVID was starting for stupid low money. And then as soon as, like two weeks into COVID being a thing, the market just started shooting up. And like, I don't know what the reason was, whether- well, There's so much stimulus being put into the economy, that, wasn't there? Like people couldn't spend their money. Like in Miami, easily a clubbing going out bill is like 10 to $20,000. Mm. So like people do that three, four times a week. That's a watch, you know? So people couldn't spend money there. Restaurants, birthday parties, weddings, whatever functions could cost a lot. They couldn't really go out and shop designer because they have nowhere to wear it. You know, like they don't want to buy the new stuff. They'll wait till they could go out again. So it's whatever like reason, saving, yeah. Yeah, whatever then, reason it was, like watches shot up. So mm. I, I regretted selling that. But like, it was a cool middle ground because like my dad made me sell a little, but like I still had my own say and, and input. And at the end of the day, my say goes for timepiece trading. So do you prioritize selling the stock that you have or do you yeah. try and find exactly the right piece for the customer? Oh, I mean, when you put it that way, uh, for sure, whatever the customer wants. But like, of course, when we're offering stuff to you, if if it, we barely offer stuff to people, we get hit up for stuff. But sometimes people will ask, like, what do you have? And we rather sell what we have. We don't necessarily push that more, mm. but we rather that. You, you know? probably have the most like desirable pieces anyway, so it kind yeah, of yeah. A lot sense. of stuff they want, I have, mm. but whatever they whatever they want, if I don't have it, I'll go out and get it. I'm not gonna say, hey, you should check these out first because yeah. I have them in stock. Like I, I'm not annoying like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Would you say that you're one of the biggest resellers of Richard Mill? Yeah, I'd say even like in in watches in the United States, I'm probably top ten in the yep. world. I've heard you have 25. like twenty pieces at, you know at all times. Yeah, Richard Neal, yeah. So how did all you build times. the business to that stage? We, we I have over a hundred APs at all times. By the really? way, yeah, uh, wow. paddock little, little bit like twenty paddocks at a time, just like Richard Neal and Rolex will have like forty fifty at a time. Um, how did I build it? I mean, I just kept doing deals and I reinvest every dollar into this business. I don't try to do real estate. I don't try to do stocks. I don't try to do crypto. I did mess with crypto for a bit. I bought a board ape. I, I sold it, bought a McLaren with the money. Mm. So did you sell it at the top? I, I broke even on my board ape, which to me is great. Yeah. A lot of people lost a shit ton. Mm. And I realized I spent hours a day on mm. NFTs and I was making $0. I was breaking even overall. Mm. 
I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I put the money into watches. I'm making great money every single hour. Like, the results speak, you know? I think you look at businesses in a similar way to me. You earn the money, you reinvest it, but you still have fun. But a lot of people think you can't have both. You've either got to be an investor or someone that is a thrill seeker. And I think you get that balance about right. So You gotta, you definitely, Mark, which you have done for sure, and from experience you'll agree with me, I'm sure. But, like, in the beginning you have to reinvest every dollar. And when you get to the point where it's steady and you don't have to, you don't even have to be at work that day for it to make money, you know, then you can start having fun with it. Like yeah. I, I never, I drove a, a normal car for the first couple of years. And then like w when I saw things where, where I, it needed to be for me to enjoy it, then I started enjoying. But yeah, the first couple of years always, or first couple of months, maybe depending on how successful you are, how quick it goes for you, you got to like be frugal. Mm. For sure. And part of your business, which is quite good, is that you can have a really good looking car and people expect that. In some businesses, of course, you, you have a really good looking car and they go, I'm spending money with him. He's making far too much. But for your industry, it's actually I think it's an better. asset. Yeah. yeah like yeah. when people see that I'm in a Ferrari, they're Top like, of the hill. Who's this guy? Then they hear I sell watches. They're like, Yeah, he's got to be reliable. He yeah, has yeah. a Ferrari. He must mm, be doing yeah. good, you know? So as the business grows and kind of moves forward, do you think it will go into different countries? I believe so. I have plans. I'm not going to speak about details, but soon. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Are we going to see you uh, out in the Far East shortly then if we're over there? I'm not going to talk about <laughs> details, but soon, bro. We'll do a podcast in the new location. <laughs> okay, good. Cool. Yeah. So I think it's time for your famous question, Dad. When is enough? Enough. Uh, the day I die. <laughs> no, the day I reach a billion dollars. Sorry. Really? Yeah. That's my Do you goal. think so? Yeah. Targets are there to be smashed. Uh, but I, I feel like when I reach a bill, which has been my lifelong goal since I was like 18, 19, I don't know. And I didn't even know what that number meant back then. But I always said, there's a lot of millionaires. I want to be a billionaire. And yeah, I think the day I reach that, I'll give myself a break. Till then, I'm going to be tough, super tough on myself. And do, I enjoy life, that, but I'm, I'm Do you think that target so far in the future that that's why it's a target? And that could be when you're 50, 60 or whatever it happens to be. I, I plan to get there by 35. I don't know how that's I'm amazing. I'm very far from there, but I, I'm going to make it happen. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's, it's been, been fantastic. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thank you guys. Oh quick, yeah. Quick Go plug. Uh, Timepiece Trading on Instagram <laughs> and YouTube. Check us out. Make yeah, sure yeah. to check it out. <laughs> yeah. If you enjoyed the episode, smash that thumbs up button and we will see you next Friday with a brand new episode. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from all these guys here. See you later. And from Happy Dad. <laughs> <laughs> More free promo. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? All right. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. It was good fun. Yeah, that was sick, man. I'm going to make Steve watch.